a podcast brought to you by Energy Live News. Welcome to the Energy Live News podcast. In this episode, we are discussing about business and sustainability, and more specifically, the progress that uh, IKEA is making on achieving its climate targets. For this reason, I am delighted to introduce Karol Dobzinski, who is uh, Head of Climate and Energy on Inca uh, Group. Carol led the work to set the first IKEA science-based targets in 2018 and now works on the integration of the climate and energy agenda across uh, Inca Group. Uh, Carol, good afternoon. How are you? Thank you very much for joining Energy Live News. Thank you very much for the invitation. Uh, happy to join and uh, share our latest updates. So, Carol, a few days ago, we saw uh, that Inca Group achieved a decrease of uh, 13.6% from uh, 2016 and a decrease of 6% from 2021. What does this mean for the whole business? So when we look across the business, Inca Group business, first of all, we look from entire value chain perspective. So we look from the supply chain operations and uh, what are the emissions happening in people's homes when it comes to the products and services which we are offering. And uh, we are measuring the climate footprint across the whole value chain. And we've been able during last years to decouple the growth from the emissions. So we had quite significant uh, growth when it comes to revenues. And at the same time, we had absolute reduction of the emissions across the value chain. I know that, you know, the, the whole business is a, is a giant in the market uh, with IKEA retail operations in 31 markets. Inca Group is the largest IKEA retailer and represents about 90% of IKEA sales. I just want to ask you, which was the biggest challenge in this net zero journey? When it comes to net zero journey, there are many challenges on different stages of the of the value chain. And But uh, we need to remember as well that we are business, so we are used to solving challenges. And that's the whole concept of uh, existing of existence of the business is to solve the challenges and be relevant to the customers and make their life simpler and easier. It is important for us to create business that is providing affordable uh, products in convenient way and with lowest impact. As we are going into the uh, decarbonization and reduction of the emissions across the chain, it is important for, for us to map where uh, do we have synergies, where we can decrease the costs through taking climate actions and where we can uh, grasp new opportunities through enabling the reduction of the uh, climate footprint by our customers. Zooming into, for example, uh, one of the areas of the last mile deliveries, uh, as a part of our footprint, we are including as well the emissions connected to delivering products to people's homes. And uh, we have commitment to uh, be 100% zero emission deliveries by 2025. And to make it happen as well, of course, we are relying partially on the existing on infrastructure, which is enabling to charge the vehicles. We need to collaborate with the uh, uh, manufacturers of the trucks to deliver the trucks which are meeting our needs, as well as working with the service providers, because uh, that's part of the business that is providing these services and customer deliveries, so we don't own the trucks. This collaboration can bring, of course, many challenges, but as well many op opportunities. 
uh, to find for the new ways to reduce the costs and be closer where people are. When you start looking at minimizing the carbon footprint for uh, IKEA, which was the area you first looked at? As a journalist, probably that I see uh, your business, I can say that probably there are some areas, some parts of the business that are more energy intensive or carbon intensive than others. So uh, which was the first thing that you looked at? So the first step, which we believe it should be the first step for any business, is to understand the climate footprint across the value chain. So look from the supply chain and what is the impact on materials that you are using? What is the impact from the production of the transportation related to supply chain? Of course, what is the impact of your own operations and using energy in your stores and how much waste you generate? But as well, look for uh, what kind of impact you generate in people's homes. And uh, in our case, it's what is the footprint related to uh, lightning and appliances, uh, which we are selling to our customers. By understanding the holistic footprint, this gives you indication where you need to focus. Where do you have the biggest impact? What is interesting as well, as you start to analyze it, you see some silver uh, lining because the renewable electricity, for example, is a solution not only for our own operations to secure renewable electricity to reduce footprint, but as well in production, in transportation, even in producing uh, materials. And the uh, last part connected to people's homes, where we've been focused a lot as IKEA to reduce the footprint and uh, improve by improving energy efficiency of LED lightning, which we are selling from 2015, where we phased out all the non-LED lightning from the range. I know that IKEA and Inca Group, more specifically, has set out uh, some ambitious targets. For example, Inca Group and IKEA wants to become climate positive by 2030 and net zero by 2050. How this can be achieved mm. in everyday operations? Yeah, so I think, first of all, it's important to acknowledge that it is a systemic change. And when we are setting this agenda, we need to acknowledge as well the uh, dependencies that we have, of course, with the governments and with the regulations that exist on the markets. We need to collaborate with other companies and even with the customers. That's why we are very present as well in advocating for more ambitious climate goals uh, from the countries to sell uh, as well, the drastic reduction of the emissions within the coming years. We're uh, really happy to see what we can observe now within the European Union, where we, we see the targets are uh, being increased. And at the same time, we see that market is it's following. And the same with, the, for example, the customers that uh, we need to offer, for example, more plant-based options and then make it as well attractive to the people, make it affordable. And that's why... Uh, when it comes to pricing of uh, plant-based options versus meat options, we are aiming that they are on the same price or lower. So to secure that, uh, to enable people to choose lower climate footprint options. And to meet our climate positive ambition, we of course need to firstly drastically reduce emissions across the value chain. The second area where uh, IKEA is focusing on is removing and storing carbon within the value chain. Since the IKEA products are mainly built from the renewable materials, it is important to integrate carbon removal and storage within the value chain. And then the uh, last but not least part is how we enable the reduction of the emissions beyond our value chain. So how we can enable customers, for example, to consume renewable electricity. And here we are offering 
uh, home solar within many of our markets. We just launched last year the offer in California. We are as well piloting the heat pumps in uh, in Sweden. Uh, so we using our experience of making things simpler, more uh, affordable and accessible, we would like to bring this knowledge towards the different solutions which are new to our range as well. Undoubtedly, uh, businesses uh, in the current environment face multiple challenges, one of which is the current energy crisis. And I just wanted to ask you, because of this ongoing energy crisis and cost of living crisis, how does this pressing environment affect IKEA operations and its climate goals? As you pointed out, we are facing multiple crises and uh, currently we talk a lot about energy crisis and inflation impact. And here we can clearly see how big added value is all our work and effort done on energy efficiency until now. Since 2000, uh, financial year 2016, we see that our energy uh, consumption, it's rather stable, even though we are expanding and growing the business. And we are keep implementing more and more energy efficient solutions uh, within our operations, LED lightning, smart metering, which is really important uh, to enable uh, people to understand what is happening when it comes to energy consumption and act very quickly to reduce it. So we have this big focus on energy efficiency. That's the one part. The second part is we've been investing in renewable energy generation since 2009. Uh, until today, we invested uh, more than 3 billion euro uh, and we own and operate more than th uh, 570 turbines. Uh, across the world, and we are keep investing. We said that we will uh, uh, invest 6.5 billion by 2030, and this is enabling us to uh, change the energy cost as well into revenue. And then uh, this helps us to hedge uh, the energy costs going further. So for companies which are wondering, you know, what to choose, should we go for climate goals or? prioritize uh, some quick savings just by not investing. Not investing is not the solution, especially since we are going uh, with through such a big transformation. And there are so many new opportunities on the market to reduce the cost for the businesses, as well as gain new revenue streams. So as I can understand from what you have already said, is that you try to offset uh, these rising energy costs by deploying uh, more energy efficiency measures and more renewables. Is it correct? What we are exactly doing, it's uh, we are investing in energy efficiency first. And I think this is really important because the cheapest and cleanest energy is the one that we never consume. And the second one, it's we are changing the energy costs as well into revenues through investments. Yeah, we you can call it a car, uh, like offsetting of the cost. We call it more hedging of the cost. So overall, what can you say about the rising energy prices and whether these uh, rising energy prices have an impact on IKEA operations? When it comes to energy uh, prices and the increase, first of all, we see that what we've been doing for last years pays off and we need to continue doing that going further. Of course, the higher energy costs brings even more focus into uh, to look closer and to see if we can deploy even more energy efficient solutions within the organization to reduce the cost uh, more drastically and the consumption. So we are often saying that uh, you know we always need to find a way to use the crisis to create something good.
We every day hear uh, from businesses, uh, especially here in the UK. Of course, uh, you can uh, say what happens uh, in other countries, in European other countries. So we every day hear from businesses that they are forced to cut down on their climate and net zero goals uh, because of this crisis that happens. So uh, they try to survive and they are trying to uh, reduce or uh, back down on their targets, on their climate targets. What's your take on that? I think the first question and fundamental question to answer for the business, are they here for this year or are they here for the long term? And uh, it's clear that uh, to be relevant, uh, to have the, to attract talents to work for you and to uh, have customers who are finding you as a relevant, you need to invest to reduce emissions and you need to offer the low uh, climate footprint solutions to them. Uh, so even though it, uh, not investing might sound uh, something as a sol short-term solution, it's actually just uh, putting the uh, companies into risk by being not relevant uh, within the uh, coming years, within this fast-changing environment. How optimistic you are, Carl, uh, about the future, about net zero future. Do you believe that the climate risks and the 1.5 uh, degree scenario can be uh, mitigated? And if so, in what way? Which technology do you think can help countries and businesses do better for climate? Uh, first of all, uh, 1.5 uh, should be a limit, not a target for us, because we know to avoid the human suffering uh, and uh, going uh, beyond 1.5, it's impacting people access to food, water, uh, housing. Uh, so we don't have a choice. We need to do everything what is in our power to stay within 1.5. But of course, to make it happen, we need to have very collaborative mindset. We need to collaborate with the governments and we need to advocate for ambitious targets and regulations which are ena enabling us to deploy faster the solutions. And we need to collaborate as well with uh, local governments, with the cities and uh, other companies uh, because uh, each none of the companies existing in silo, it's uh, relying on the supply chain and the partners uh, that they are doing business with. So deployment of the solution uh, requires this collaboration. And uh, then the customers, and we see based on our climate action starts at home research, which we are doing every second year, that people willingness to uh, act is very high. And the uh, majority, almost all people are worried about the climate change and want to be part of the solution, not always finding the affordable and convenient way to quickly change the behavior, but it's clearly showing the potential for the companies that that's the way we need to, we need to go. So uh, I'm optimistic about uh, uh, staying within 1.5. Uh, at the same time, acknowledging that we need to act with higher speed, even though many of the trends uh, are showing the positive direction. My final question is looking ahead for the next few months, uh, which are IKEA's biggest next steps in its uh, energy and climate and Zeta? So we will definitely be very focused on increasing renewable energy use in our operations. We are integrating the, our generation with consumption, as well as we are investing in retrofitting our 
buildings to use renewable heating and cooling solutions like heat pumps. And uh, so renewable energy, it's uh, one big focus across the value chain as well for our colleagues working with uh, IKEA supply in IKEA supply chain. And the second part is about choosing materials with lower climate footprint. And uh, the third part, it's um, uh, developing further and transforming to become circular business model that we meet people in a circular way, as well as provide uh, services and products enabling prolonging product lives. Carol, thank you very, very much for your time. It was really a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for joining. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this Energy Live News podcast. Please follow us on social media and subscribe to the website at www.energylivenews.com.